show that one of us wanted to watch again and the other one missed entirely. I'm Ryan and I missed it. And I'm Brittany and I didn't. And we are on Buffy Season 2, Episode 11, Ted. Buffy's mom introduces her new boyfriend who charms everyone except Buffy. When she confronts his dark side, she is left questioning her actions. Uh, I'm going to give this episode an eight and a half and I never want to watch it again. Yeah, I, I'm giving it a five. It's not as good as I remember, but I r- remember the first time watching it that I liked it Yeah, a lot. I imagine this doesn't have great rewatch value. No, because I, every, because once, once you, you know, know. Once you know, yeah, the whole point of it's gone. Yeah. The whole point of the episode's gone. And I re- literally wrote down that this doesn't feel like a Buffy episode. No, it doesn't. It does not feel like a Buffy episode. Um, Probably up until like 10 minutes from the end. Yeah, which is strange. It, it was. It just felt different. It felt strange. It felt weird. I was uncomfortable Yeah. for most of it, which they had to be going for. Yeah. And, um, and John Ritter is real good at it. He is so good. That was an incredible performance by John Ritter. I, he can't be a side character shout out because he is the entire episode. Yes. The episode is named after his character. Right. So for those of you watching along at home or maybe just listening, um, this is the episode where uh, Joyce starts dating. Buffy walks in on her kissing Ted, played by John Ritter, played very well by John Ritter. and R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. John Ritter. We will continue. We will sing your praises posthumously. But Buffy walks in, and we're kind of off to the races there. The entire episode is about this guy, and eventually we find out that he it was a computer genius from the fifties, who, as Xander puts it, uh, was dying, so his wife divorced him, so he built a better him, and then he kept finding new women like that it's incredibly dark but they don't ever they don't really touch on it like they don't even show us at the house Mm-mm. at um ted's house yeah xander opens the closet and then they leave which makes me almost think that there was a shot of that and joss whedon put it in the episode and the people that um, monitor content said nope and he had to cut it. This isn't the first time that's happened either. I, on Buffy? That we've had this conversation on Buffy. The, Uh-oh. hey, there should be another shot here. Or what if there was another shot or a couple of lines or whatever to fully flesh out the incredibly dark thing that's happening. Mm-hmm. And they just kind of glance over it. Yeah. And it's either done purposely very well mm-hmm. or they cut it back and they had enough other stuff to kind of cover it. Yeah. And it happened on, um, I know that it happened twice on the first season of Supernatural because they talk about it in interviews. There is an episode of Supernatural where, um, in a vision, Dean gets shot in the head 
And the um, shot that they did was Jensen Ackles had, like, a blood pack attached to, like, the back of his head. Mm Mm-hmm. And, like, a button to push, so they yelled action, told him to hit it, and it he pushed it, and, like, his brain exploded on the wall. Sure. That's how you do that, yes. And they told them, no, that was too graphic. <laughs> That's great. Too graphic for Supernatural. Yeah. That's something that changed over the years, I'm guessing. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I don't think I would want to watch this again, because I know. Mm-hmm. Right, and I don't think it would hold up. And obviously, you felt didn't feel like you really enjoyed it because you knew the whole time. Yeah, I was kind of just I was bored, and I even the Buffy episodes that I don't like, I don't find boring necessarily. I'm just like, oh, I just want to get through this. But not because I'm bored, but but just because it's bad content. Sure. Like, this, I was just... There's such a twist that it's such a good twist, but yeah, I already it was know gr- it. it was that it was worth it once, but... Yeah. Sh- yeah. Like, there's movies like that, like Shutter Island. Nobody can watch that movie again. Right. Or Gone Girl. You there's, can't watch it There's no time. point in watching that movie a second time, because you know how it ends. Right. Or, um... Uh, what's the one that Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively just did? A simple favor. A simple favor. Like, there's no okay, point. Okay, but I watch that forever. <laughs> oh yes, but that's because it's Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively. But or uh, going even farther, like Sixth Sense. Yeah, I've never or, seen that, but I know the twist. So. Exactly. There's these movies that once you know what the twist is, mm-hmm. it's not worth it on a rewatch. Yeah. Um, Side note: If you've never seen A Simple Favor, go watch it. This is now uh, <laughs> a Simple Favor fan cast. It, it is very so good. good. It's very good. It is also just crazy. It's it a, a book. I it it is a wild ride. Yeah. The movie end. That movie. Okay, this is about <laughs> that. Now we're gonna talk about a simple favor. That movie ends four times. Yeah. And it's then the so time good. it finally does end, you're like, wait, that was it? Yeah. This is how this is ending. Okay. It's really, like, the ending is super campy, and watching interviews of both Blake Lively and Anna Kendrick are like, when we were filming this, we didn't know the kind of movie we were making. (laughs) Right? Yeah, it's nuts. It's just crazy. I think it's on, okay, for those of you listening, I'm pretty sure it's on Hulu. It's on Hulu and Amazon. And Amazon Prime. Yeah. There you go. So you can go watch it. It's a good couple hours. It's so good. It is R. Very much so. It is very much a rated R movie. Very much so. You've been warned. There would not be an episode of Buffy without an angel sighting. We have an angel sighting. Uh, Ten minutes in, uh, he is... Wounded and healing in his lair, apparently. And Buffy's there, and it's kind of a good little moment. And that's it. He's there for a minute. Mm-hmm. David Boreanaz had a light week that week. Right. He didn't have to show up. He All he had to do was sit in a chair. Yeah, all he had to do was sit in a chair and get a bandage wrapped around his hand. That was yeah. it. So yeah, Angel's in this one for like a minute. Yeah. And that's it. And that's our Angel sighting. <laughs> Alright, so then... 
side character shout out to follow up. These are not good segments this episode because it wasn't really a Buffy episode. It was a weird. Yeah. It was, it was, they were trying to make a movie. It felt like a movie that they turned into a TV show. Yeah. Um, the side character I'm going to shout out then is the literally the only other one on the episode is uh, I think his name is Neil. Is it Ted's coworker? Ted's coworker. Yeah, he was great. He was great. He had like seven lines. And he held a, co- held a coffee cup real good. Mm-hmm. That was pretty much it. And he had a couple of witty retorts, and yes, that was it. Um, however, uh, that guy who hated Ted, he hated Ted so much. <laughs> he was played by. Let me pull it up. Ken Thorley, who is the Zappa Man from Men in Black. Great. Joel Payne just got that. Uh, he was also. Uh, Mis- I mean, I've seen what Men in Black. I just don't he was know. also Mr. Mott in Star Trek: Next Generation. He was in the Ghost of the Machine, uh, but then he's also done a zillion things. This guy's been working consistently since like 1990. <laughs> he's got one-offs and a bunch of things, um, but yeah, he was Mr. Mott in Star Trek: Next Gen. Um, but he's got single episodes and a lot of things, a lot of things. So good for him. One episode of West Wing. Nice. So, there you go. He was the no vote man. I'm sorry. I misread his character's name on Bold and the Beautiful. This is Coroner number one. I thought it said Corpse number one, and I was like, that's wrong. But he wasn't Men in Black, the original. He was Zappam Man. So, good job, Ken Thorley. So, I assume your side character shout out is the same guy. Yes, my side character shout out was Ted's coworker. I didn't know he had a name. I must have missed that. He didn't. It was oh. in the credits. I looked okay. it up. I cheated. Great. Well, then what did you remember? You talked about you knew the twist, obviously, yeah. so I'm sure that changes the episode. This is just a weird episode to talk yeah. about. Like, I don't know where to go. It's very right. strange. Um, I mean, I remember the meeting Ted, the three of them, Willow, Buffy, and Xander. Then I remember that everybody loved Ted except for Buffy, and I thought I couldn't remember from the beginning if it was because of the food it was, but yes. I couldn't remember. I at the beginning I couldn't remember that. Um, I do remember after she met Ted, over fighting the vampire. Oh, just beating the crap out yeah. of the vampire with a trash can lid. Yeah, that was actually really good. <laughs> yeah, it was very well done. The sound effects were a little much, but I think that's just Buffy, and I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, it's gonna keep bugging me, but it's just how Buffy is. Yeah, the show, it's fine. But she beat the crap out of that guy yeah. with that trash can lid. Yes. It was great. I enjoyed it. Great work. Yes. Um, I remember the whole mini golf scene. Like, all of it. Um, the nice but very small exchange between between Xander and Cordelia where, she, he, um, where he compliments her outfit. And, and she's just, just like, m- stop. It's the most... <laughs> awkward thing yeah jeez yeah i remember that 
Um, I remember Ted being, like, the most successful sales person at work and Buffy going to his work. Um, when we're talking about our side character shout-out, Neil, that we know his name now. Yes. Him mentioning the wedding. I do remember that. I was interested by the single photo on Ted's desk. Yeah. So, obviously, he doesn't have anything else. It's just... Because he's from the 50s. He doesn't have personal possessions, whatever. But the photo was of Joyce. But it was actually a photo of Joyce and Buffy folded in half. Yeah. So I wondered if they were going to twist it on its head. Especially when they started talking about all of the women previously. Mm -hmm. If they were going to twist it on his head and he was actually trying to get to Buffy. Gotcha. I mean, that would have been interesting. Yeah. This, they didn't need to. No. But when, because the photo was of both of them. Mm Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense for that to happen if it's not... Like, you you would cut it, right? Yeah. Because there's no point in bent, folding in half. Yeah. I think they needed an episode for Joyce, and this was it. Well, she hasn't been here Mm-mm. in... A while. A while. I don't know how many episodes, but it's been several. Yeah. I do remember that whole scene in Buffy's room with Ted... Where she's sneaking back in, and he's in her room, and he read her diary, and went through her stuff, and then hits her, and all of that. Like, mm-hmm. the most uncomfortable scene ever. Yeah. John <laughs> like, Raider's very good. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter if SMG is on her game or not, because John Raider's very good. Yeah. Before that, though, and I have it in a different spot, but when Buffy asks them at the dinner table if they're engaged and Ted makes a comment about how no they're not but hopefully if things go the way that they go they will be soon and asks how she would feel about it and she says I would think about killing myself and then her mom tells her to go to her room yeah it's okay in hindsight because her mom was tranked yeah like her mom was under ecstasy, basically. They said yeah. it was some form of it or mm-hmm. whatever. But her mom was drugged. Yeah. So, that's not great. No, but, like, that line would not happen today if this episode were to happen today. That I don't think that line would be there. Or if it was... It would be handled differently. Yes. I think, honestly, if they kept it in today, I think they would shine more of a spotlight on it and let Joyce have more, even more of an adverse or not adverse, let Joyce have even more of the incorrect reaction to let you know that something is wrong with Joyce. Yeah. Like they could clue you in there that Joyce is not okay. Something's being done to her. Mm -hmm. And that's why she's not showing the proper care for her daughter. Yeah. That makes sense. Because it didn't feel that way no, this time. No, it just it felt like, oh, you said something that was rude. Go to your room. Yeah. I mean, but we sp- they spoke differently 24 years ago. Yeah. Like, you could say things and you could, you know, have throwaway lines and that were, you know, oh, I wish I were dead. Like, and that was just, like, how, mm-hmm. how teenagers expressed how they felt because... They elevate things. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, this is the worst thing ever. Oh, I wish I was dead. Oh, the... Like... 
that is yeah. language that is used, was used, still is used. Nowadays, we just know if somebody starts talking that way, we need to, you know, probe a little deeper. Yep. I realized in this episode that Xander loves food. Mm-hmm. This is not a surprise. Xander is a teenage boy. Yeah. However, what was a surprise and what popped out to me, Xander's always chewing. Okay. Like it always looks like he's chewing in this episode. Yeah. Xander always looks like he's eating something. Okay. <laughs> like I'm thinking about it now. Xander always looks like he is munching down on half of a chocolate chip cookie like he's always got something in his hand that he's chewing on or eating on or whatever he's kind of like tony stark in that way like sure the way that uh robert Downey jr portrayed him now uh-huh. tony stark was always eating always snacking on something mm-hmm. and robert Downey jr would h- hide snacks around the set mm-hmm. as iron man because he was just constantly hungry so, I mean, when you go from being a drug addict to being a normal human being, like, sure. you gotta yeah. add but weight. But it got to the point where they just kept it in the movie and they just made it a character thing that yeah. he just eats food. So it made me wonder, is this a Xander thing or is this a Nicholas Brendan thing? Does Nicholas, can Nicholas Brendan just not stop eating? I have no, I have no idea. And if so, how good is his metabolism? Right, I don't know. Also, he's about four inches taller than he appears because he's always hunched over. Like his, he does the teenage thing of like shoulders forward, hunched over. Kinda, I'm sure that's kind of slouches in because he's not actually a teenager. So I'm sure that's intentional. To oh yeah, him. it has to be. It has to be. Um, and because um, Willow and Buffy are short, so he has yeah. to slouch to fit into the shot. They're like, we're not going to make them stand on boxes. You come down to their level. Well, they can't make them stand on boxes. They're all walking all the time. Right. There's so many walking shots. Apparently, uh, Sad Buffy wears overalls that are too big. Yeah, that was my exact thought, too. Apparently, She's sad, so she wears clothes that are too big. (laughs) It happened in the last episode, too, when she was sad and she went to Angel's place. She had that giant shirt on. Yeah. Like, I guess that's a thing. When she's sad, she wears big clothes. I guess. It's a character choice. Um, I don't know how you transport your vamp slate. I don't know how you transport your vamp slaying crossbow. I carry it in a duffel bag. (laughs) You know. Giles does as well. Twice in this episode. Yeah. Both times we see Giles in the park, he has the crossbow in it. The duffel bag. The crossbow is loaded. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that whenever Buffy or anybody goes patrolling and they actually pack a bag, it's always in a duffel bag. Well, because you have awkwardly sized weapons that you need to take with you, apparently. I don't know how else you would carry a crossbow into a park, but that's how they do it. In a duffel bag. (laughs) In an open duffel bag. That bag is never zipped. I mean, it can't be. Then it takes too long and you're dead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's why the crossbow also has to be loaded. Yeah. So you can pull it out and shoot it. And shoot really, Giles in the butt. <laughs> I don't think it was the butt. 
Was it just his back? Because it was like here, well, and I said, imagine it wasn't his spine. <laughs> I'd assume it was his back because they talked about several layers of tweed. So I assumed that meant his coat. So I assumed he got shot in the back. It looked like it was higher up his back, too. Oh, okay. I kind of assumed it was like lower back, Maybe. but I didn't pay attention. I assumed it was his butt because I felt like where they were holding it was like the end of his spine that would paralyze him immediately. <laughs> Oh, I see. I thought you would assume butt because it was funny. I mean, yeah, it's also funny, but yeah. I assumed higher because of the line about several layers of tweed. But he his um jacket covers his butt. That is how that works. Yes. So. <laughs> noticed it and i've never noticed it before that buffy's mom on their refrigerator had a teacher appreciation night flyer oh yeah because that went well yeah <laughs> or no that wasn't teacher appreciation night that was um it was parent teacher was, conferences. Was parent teacher night parent teacher conferences yeah different thing i just thought it was funny we don't have a teacher appreciation night not this year <laughs> i mean never but especially not this year. I do have to admit that this is the first episode, and I wrote down, damn it, in my notes. Okay. This is the first episode that Cordelia said something I agreed with. Cordelia verbalized <laughs> a thought, and I went, you know, that makes sense. That makes sense. And then I caught what I was doing, and I was very disappointed in myself. What'd you say? Aren't the rules different for Slayers? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which would make a lot of sense. Yeah. And I think that leads into a bigger conversation of this episode. Because while John Ritter is very good as Ted, it doesn't really give much to the episode. And the Giles and Jenny getting back together thing is important for later. And the the Joyce-Buffy relationship is important to continue developing. The most important thing that happens in this episode is that Buffy thinks she murdered a human. Yeah. And the police have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. So, why aren't the rules different for Slayers? Because like, if Buffy had... So, let's say Ted stays dead. Ted's mm-hmm. a human, he stays dead. And they talk to everybody around the school like they were doing, and they build a profile of Buffy, and they build enough of a case, and they go, okay, yeah, we're gonna... We think you murdered him, and, you know, what happens if there's a trial, and she gets arrested, and she actually goes to prison? Like... Are the rules different for her? Is there some uh, other Watcher team out there that would work on getting her busted out? Or do they, like, fake her death? Or, like, what happens? Obviously, there's a second Slayer. I was going to say, well, good news. Kendra's alive. There is another Slayer. But it it seems in best interest for these people to have as many Slayers as possible to kill as many vampires as possible. You'd think that. But she is the Slayer. Mm hmm Yes, she's trying to live more of a normal life, as is evidenced by the differences between her and Kendra. But at what point do the rules not apply to her? Right. Because at some point they have to not. Mm-hmm. Physics already doesn't apply to her. Like she can, we have we have a whole segment on the show about Buffy's strength. 
Yeah. At, that she can do things that can't normal that humans can't do. At what point is she not restrained by those rules? Yeah. I don't think that they ever explore that. Like I'm trying to think about if Buffy ever ends up in jail and I don't think so. Cuz like I'm thinking of like Charmed and they go to jail pretty frequently. Like some one of them, one of the three I four, I guess, women end up in jail frequently. It's why one of the main, like, one of the supporting characters on that show is a cop. Right, which makes sense, because how magic interacts with the world and these magical people interacting with the world, how does that affect the real world, and how does that get uh, policed or interact with the laws of the actual world. Again, yeah. how does that all fit together? Yeah, and like one of the biggest episodes of season one of Supernatural is they ha- there's a shapeshifter and they literally catch not actual Dean but a shapeshifter who is playing, who is shapeshifted or whatever as Dean murdering a girl. And he goes, he's and then they get actual Dean and they throw him in jail. Yeah, like... Right, because they, that makes sense. There's an entire, like, mini arc about the FBI coming after Sam and Dean. Right, and that makes sense. Every time that they've brought up law enforcement so far, which has been not infrequent, this is at least the fourth or fifth time that mm-hmm. police or FBI or whatever has gotten involved there they've already made mention of there's a secret assassin training program Mm -hmm. right like the rest of the world is at least aware of this to some extent right at what point do the actions of buffy and the scooby gang still hate it (laughs) at what point do their actions run into laws and are the rules different for buffy i don't know I I would say not in this circumstance, no. Not in this circumstance, no, because eventually, you know, we find out that he's a person who became a robot who killed many women. Right. So but even then, like, if she's he's... She's absolved of everything. If he was just a person that she murdered and she goes to jail, he's still a person. Like, let's say he wasn't a robot at all. Sure. She, he's a person. She should be in prison for killing a person. I don't think the rules should be any different for her. But they would have to be. Because otherwise the show doesn't work. Right. Which So it's just this catch-22 of, like, they're trying to do so many things here. Mm-hmm. But it keeps falling short of, okay, now let's apply some logic to this. Yeah. Let's try to make this work in a larger sense. As other shows have pretty successfully done after. As uh, Smallville did very well. Mm-hmm. Their answer was that eventually everybody just kind of finds out most of the stuff. And yeah. the world kind of adjusts. So then we're, that's almost a parallel world to our own world. Because it is different. Yeah. But they- at what point does... Do all of these things come out of the woodwork and the world just kind of sort of knows about it. It's the same yeah. thing that happened on iZombie. Hmm. Like at some point, it's not a secret anymore. Yeah. They do deal with law enforcement more so on Angel. 
I think we have the same conversation every time cops or law enforcement pops up on this show. And I, I, yeah. I just want to see that happen. Yeah. And that's not what Buffy the Vampire Slayer is. Yeah. There's a... For better or for worse. Yeah. There's a female cop character that Angel um, spends quite a bit of time with, I think, during season one and two of Angel. So again, I'm just very excited to watch yeah. Angel, apparently. Angel is Angel. just the show I want to watch, <laughs> apparently. What was your favorite line? I didn't write one down. I felt like this episode was serious. Like, it was too almost too serious, and all of the lines that I thought were funny and worked had too much context to write down. Sure. Uh, I really liked um, Willow's defense of Buffy <laughs> and her grades uh, when she called her book cracker Buffy. <laughs> And she said it was such a smile. Oh, boy. I don't even know what that means, book cracker Buffy. She studies a lot. She studies, I guess. I don't know. It just sounds wrong. Yeah. Like, it doesn't come off the tongue well, and it sounds like it has three different meanings. It's probably one of those things that they wrote, and they were like, this is either going to work or it's not. It's probably not going to work, and we'll cut it. But we're going to see if Allison Hannigan can make it work. And damn it, she made it work. (laughs) I feel like that happened a lot with early Willow. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of Willow stuff that's just like, sorry, what did you say? Like, whatever that noise was that she made (laughs) at the beginning of this episode, Ted offers her free computer upgrades or whatever, and she makes a noise that I don't even know how to describe. Mm -hmm. It was laughter, it was joy, it was squealing, and it was a heart attack all at once. (laughs) Like... Whatever the sound is of a nerd getting to Nerdvana, that it was what it was. Yeah. Xander explained it. They were like, or somebody said, what was that? And Xander had to explain it. Which I was thinking about, like, later Buffy for some reason earlier this week. And I was like, what is one of the better things about earlier Buffy that the kind of goes away in later Buffy and it's the Xander and Willow relationship. I forgot how good that is. Yeah. It's both good and bad because they're constantly like they're very good friends but they're also constantly dancing around each other. Mm -hmm. So if there's ever a payoff there it'll be great. Otherwise they're just going to ignore it and pretend it didn't happen. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, Buffy, uh, does say, uh, uh, my new favorite euphemism. I guess maybe this is a new segment of this show. Uh, Buffy's favorite euphemism. I don't know. Uh, cataloging more than art. Yes, that was great. Boy, this show's weird. Welcome to the 90s. Oh boy, Buffy's weird. Buffy's very bad fashion. She wore leopard print and high heels to go play mini golf. Yeah. It was not a date. 
No. She went with her two good friends, her mom and her mom's boyfriend. Yes. Nothing approaching a date. No. She would have gone with, like, Angel at night, I guess. Right? Like, that's fine. And then um, she's not wearing sleeves, so then he can put her his coat on her, and then yeah. it's a whole thing, and then that's fine. And then it's the romantic mini golf. They get ice cream or pizza or something, or who knows. <laughs> they get it. Buffy eats it. <laughs> Angel just stares at it. <laughs> Angel eats it, but he doesn't enjoy it. <laughs> it's just cold. The ice cream is just cold. <laughs> But he can't even tell temperature. (laughs) What flavor do you want? I don't care. Do you want to talk about Jenny and Giles? Always. Their first scene is super awkward. It was very awkward. It was well done. Yeah. It was well performed because Anthony Stewart Head is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It was really uncomfortable. And also, she asked him to leave her alone because he just kept coming up to her and asking her if she was okay and she can't be okay. Or she felt guilty about not being okay. But this was the first time he's asked if she's okay. But he makes uh, dog eyes at her <laughs> constantly, apparently. And then she then follows him to at apologize. night through the park and sneaks up on him to apologize. Their relationship is so strange and the way they go about it, like, their entire thing is based on the awkwardness of Giles. The yeah. entire relationship is based on them making jokes about Giles being awkward, and then they kind of make it work, and it's a little, yeah. it's adorable. But that's only going to get it so far. Yeah. They don't... So then I... she shoots him. <laughs> on accident. <laughs> right? That was yeah. an accident. She was that was trying... totally an accident. She was trying to shoot the vampire. I don't know. She said, got you, big guy. And then she shot Giles. (laughs) So, I don't know what that means. Maybe that is another euphemism. I don't know. She's pagan, right? They said that she's pagan or Wiccan or something like that. I think so. That's why she... From season one, I think? Yeah. I know what she actually is, and they haven't said that yet, so I'm trying to work around it. Okay. Um, so, like, she doesn't shoot vampires. She's spells and that stuff. She's not Right, she does the magic and everything. Yes. So, it makes sense that she would think she's shooting a vampire. Especially if it's dark and they're both wearing dark clothing. She might not know what she's shooting at, especially if it's moving. I mean, they have faces. But she shot him in the back. Yeah, but they're face to face. So that means she can see the face of the person she's not shooting. (laughs) I don't know. So that would mean she saw the vampire's face and went, Yes, I see the back of this person, so I will shoot it. I don't know. It's one of those things that, like... 
service level. There's a fight. There's a fight. She grabs the crossbow. She shoots. Oops, she missed. She hit Giles and said, oh, no. And then they kind of can finally break the tension and talk. And then they get back together at the end. Great. But if we drill down <laughs> on the actual actions of the shooting, it makes no sense. She shot Maybe. Giles. Yeah. And she might have meant to. Maybe she was just like, he's just going to be awkward until I shoot him in the ass. With a crossbow. <laughs> so hopefully there's not any permanent damage. She knows about all the tweed. That brings us to the last segment of this show, Ryan Predicts Poorly. In the next episode, Xander and Cordelia will be found out accidentally by Giles. By Giles. By okay. Giles. He will open the wrong closet. Why is Giles be, in the closet? The correct closet is just a storage room for more of his books. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's what I'm calling. I'm calling that shot. Because it's Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Secrets only last for an episode or two. And there are no lasting consequences. I, I bet Giles isn't going to have a limp or anything. We're going to ignore Giles being in pain. That's not going to happen, even though we got shot. No. We're not Gregory House over here. But Angel... <laughs> has to heal so you know there's your consequences apparently yeah well for some reason on buffy i don't know if they do it on angel but whenever angel gets hurt on buffy from what i remember he is hurt for episodes (laughs) it's like they're like david boreanaz you're very good at acting like you're in pain crazy right it's like he's a hockey player who's been hit a lot I mean, the episode of Bones that I just watched, he got blown up. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of I Missed It. This it has been uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer Ted. Uh, you can check us out at imissedpod.com or our network at ghostlightmedia.net. You can check out all of the Ghostlight merch there. Support us over on Patreon or follow us on Twitter at I Miss It Pod. Give us a rating and review on Apple Podcast, Spotify, whatever else. Whatever else. We like stars. If you have, um, we'll give you a shout out. Somebody has given us five stars, but I don't know who it is. It won't let me see it. Yeah, the review system's kind of weird. I think it, we have to go in on, on the back end somehow and we can find it out. I think we can ask Chase. Cool. So thank you to whoever's given us five stars. We will shout you out next time once Chase has told us who it is. Unless it's Chase, and then thank you, Chase. It might have been me, actually. So thank you, Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) All right, but that'll do it for us. Thanks for listening. I'm Ryan. And I'm Brittany. And don't forget that several layers of tweed is better than Kevlar. I don't know what Kevlar is, but yep. Body armor. Sure. It's the bulletproof vest. Oh. Kevlar's like the brand name. Like a bulletproof oh. vests are tissues. Kevlar's Kleenex. Okay. That's still in the episode for sure. That's the <laughs>
This has been a Ghost Light Media production.